0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the H2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host Abby Halpin and today I have another basketball themed interview for you guys. I am joined by 6'11", four-star Michigan State commit Jackson Kohler and he walked me through a day in his life at SoCal Academy in Los Angeles, California, the recruiting process and what ultimately led him to play basketball in East Lansing, Michigan. So sit back, relax and enjoy this interview with Jackson Kohler. righty, guys, I am back with you and I am also back with Jackson Kohler who is a Michigan State basketball commit. Uh, Jackson, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I am good. I'm so excited to sit down with you. We talked at the Southeastern Invitational back in March and you were great and I wanted to chat with you more kind of about the recruiting process and like what your days look like.
1: Yeah, no. know. Thank you for, for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I want to, before we get into recruitment in high school, I kind of want to ask You're six eleven, so has basketball kind of always been like the sport that you knew you were gonna play, or were there other sports that you played growing up?
1: Um, so actually, I might accurately I say I'm like six ten. Uh, but like I've actually, when I was growing up, I played football first, and I played football first just because it was like a contact sport. I love hitting people, you know. Just it's kind of a way to get aggression out, um, and it's always just fun. I think football is like the most fun sport, you know, to just kind of get all the stress and anger out. But then uh, my dad, he played basketball. And so when football became less and less fun, uh, basketball was the place my dad kind of turned me to, you know, he kind of was just like, try this. And uh, he played basketball uh, in high school and college. And so it was easy for me to kind of learn the game easily. And we both, once I started, seeing the game and learning about it. I just had a, a deep passion for it. And so um, I just kind of, that's how I was drawn to the sport. And ever since then, I just wanted to, you know, keep playing, learn more about it, keep watching it. And uh, that's how I got to love basketball.
0: What was the moment where you kind of fell out of love with football? Do you have like a specific moment or was it kind of a buildup of events?
1: Um. It was kind of a buildup of events. I mean, when you are young and you're like six feet in sixth grade, I mean, you can't really play any of the fun, like receiver, quarterback. You're just kind of stuck being as a lineman. And ultimately, that kind of hurts your, your knees and your legs. And so you just kind of stop loving it. And uh, that that's kind of what made me drive away from fo- football was, uh, you know, kind of being stuck in one place all the time and it wasn't much fun but then once I started playing basketball I just kind of kept forgetting about football and I was just like I just want to keep playing basketball you know because it it was in football you're only stuck doing one job and you're doing that one job every play all the time no matter what right but in basketball you get to change things up so often and you know like you get to do so many different things. And so that's where the difference between football and basketball really kind of stood out to me. So that's why I uh, kind of forgot about football and kind of pursued basketball more.
0: When was that that you officially like dedicated your one, when basketball you determined was your one sport? What? How old were you when that happened?
1: I would say probably fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, so and, I, kinda, I, played, I played football really early. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah so- really early.
0: You were like, you said you were six feet in sixth grade?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I remember, I remember I was six feet in sixth grade, because it just kind of messed up, like six feet in sixth grade. But um, I remember being in fifth grade, like going into sixth grade. And that's kind of where everything kind of like fell, you know, kind of, that's when I kind of realized, like, I might be a little too tall as a lineman, I might be a little like this. I had started having some knee pains, which was really weird, you know, for being so young. And I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, if I'm going to have like a healthy body, you know, by the time I actually do pick a sport, I need to make sure it's healthy. So I would say most accurately, probably like fifth grade, maybe the end of fifth grade.
0: Do you have tall parents?
1: I do have tall parents. Yeah, my dad is six, seven, and my mom is six foot.
0: You lucked out in the height category.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's I lucked out.
0: Really benefited you. So you're originally from Utah, correct?
1: I'm from Utah, yeah.
0: So how did you get to Southern California Academy where you played basketball during high school?
1: So ever since I started playing basketball, I've always been doing a lot of traveling from like AU, from Utah to LA or Utah to Vegas, whatever state it'll be on the West Coast. And I, once I started going out there, me and my dad kind of started making like relationships with all these like trainers or camp directors. And one of those camp directors was Julius V. And he was, you know, we known him as top of the guy, like top of the guys. And like, he's the, that's the guy you kind of want to have, you know, by your side, you know, so that if you ever grow up and you always need someone you can always call him and so i actually the first time i met him was probably around like my first tournament which was probably around the same like fifth grade you know when i started making the transition to basketball and i went to one of his like king of kings camps and i think i went to go say hi you know and we just kind of introduced ourselves you know it kind of seemed like pretty basic you know just saying hey but um it wasn't until um, like the beginning of middle school that we started to make like a deeper connection a deeper relationship, start talking a little bit more. And so after all these years, by the time he got the coach coaching job at SCA, um, he invited me to come down for my junior year. But due to COVID and all of its uh, restrictions, I said no, because I, I wasn't sure who was going to have an actual season, who wasn't. I did know that uh, Utah was going to have a season, but just no fans. And so that was something I was like, I just want to play safe. I just want to have, like, I just want to get back to home, just play in front of friends and family. And that's the route I took. But then the next year I was like, if I'm going to be serious about making it to the next level, I got to make sure that I'm really pushing myself. And so SCA was the best uh, choice to go on and make sure that I had a serious career for the next level.
0: Before you transferred to SCA, did you have any offers from schools?
1: Yeah. So before I uh, went, before I transferred, you know, I had uh, St. Mary's, BYU, um, Utah State, um, Iowa. Iowa was like looking at me, but they hadn't really officially pulled the trigger yet. Um, It was a lot of like, it was just kind of a lot of schools that were looking, but they didn't really know because of COVID. They were like, they're kind of ready to pull the trigger. Some weren't. They just needed more proof. And so by the time I committed, which was around uh, uh, EYBL, uh, Peach Jam, which is the first like event that they actually got to see and stuff, then that's when they pulled the trigger. And that was the exact same time that I committed to SEA. So, What is
0: the recruiting process like can you kind of walk me through from like when the first school reached out to you to when you committed I know that's probably a very very lengthy process but like shorten it up a little bit as quick synopsis
1: yeah yeah so the recruiting process was honestly very I mean it was very stressful I mean like I didn't want to I wanted to please everybody you know I wanted to you know make everybody happy that's just kind of the person that I am and I know in this business you can't do that so um it was hard but once I committed to SEA and the the options for colleges kind of expanded that much more. You just kind of have to be like, yeah, I have to do what's best for me. I have to do what's best for my uh, future. And so it was hard telling some of the schools that were so helpful and like so supportive, you know, but I, it was really hard, you know, I ended up saying like, this is, this is the route that I'm taking. And, you know, so but, um, it was very stressful, but you know I'm, I'm glad it's over.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet, and how did you, so you ultimately decided to go to East Lansing, Michigan, you would decide to go to Michigan State? What ultimately led you to decide, yes, this is the place for me, I know this is where I'll do best
1: so uh the the thing that kind of drew me there was their like their identity, they're kind of like you look at that team, you look how hard they work, you look at the i want to say like they're gritty kind of personality. Like they're tough on defense. You know, they like to get in people's faces. They're tough. They're mean, they play hard blue collar, like blue collar. And if you, if you watch me play, I feel like that's kind of the, the way that I play, it kind of matches my personality. Their identity matched my personality. And I, for anyone who doesn't take that route, I think that's, you know, I think that's the best way to go. You have to go to a school that matches your personality. And plus you have, legendary Tom Izzo as the coach you know legendary name um you know he's been to championships he's won championships and who better to be coached by right and plus big 10 you know they they really you know do great things for their bigs I mean you look at every team there and it's run by their big men and so that's kind of the place that I want to like be around does
0: Getting to play in the Big Ten, does it make you excited? Does it make you anxious? Like, what kind of emotions do you get when people say, yeah, you're going to play basketball at a Big Ten school?
1: Um, honestly, it's – I have a lot of different emotions about it, but the most – the biggest emotion is just kind of like, I'm ready. You know, like, like let's go. Like, I'm not I'm not scared of no competition – or, like, competition out there. I know it's the biggest stage, and that's all – I feel like I always thrive at the biggest stages.
0: And what do you think you bring to the table for Michigan state men's basketball?
1: I think I bring energy. I bring in hard work. I bring in like challenging my teammates, you know, to, you know, take one step further than they think they can. Like I bring a really good offensive, you know, game in the post, but also defensive game in the post. I bring, I kind of feel like that I bring kind of a, like a different type of energy to the team, you know, to like really get into my guys and, teammates and just just want to push like I just want I'm, I'm a winner and I want to win so like I'm always going to be pushing my guys you know and my teammates to, to to win and to always take the extra step in the weight room or the gym or on the track no matter where what training we're in to always just take one step further so we can go win the big 10 championship and the national championship
0: how much did your teammates and your coach at SoCal help you prepare for that stage
1: I want, like, they they had helped me prepare so much, not just, like, basketball, like, on the court, but, like, mentally. And the growth that I've made over this year going to SCA has been unreal. Like, I want to thank all my coaches and teammates at SCA for helping me, you know, get to this stage and, you know, to get ready for this. Because, honestly, if I hadn't gone to SCA, I don't know if I would have been able to be ready for the Big Ten because my coaches are always – pushing me mentally and if you can't be pushed mentally then basketball is going to be a very hard thing in life or it's not even just basketball like in life if you're not being pushed mentally all the time then there's not a lot of options you have and so I got my body I got my body in better shape I got basketball skills I've been expanding my game not just in the post but you know mid-range game and driving to the basket like I've expanded my game so much in this off season. I've worked on my body so much in this off season. Um, my athletic abilities have gotten so much better and I just can't wait to show everybody because there's been a lot of, you know, talk about, you know, my defensibility and my athletic ability, but I just can't wait to go ever, to go out and shock everybody.
0: Can you kind of walk me through a day at SoCal Academy when you don't have a game or when you do have a game like that afternoon or that day?
1: Yeah. So a daily Our daily routine at SCA is pretty, pretty booked up, honestly. I mean, we would wake up like at five in the morning, go train for six to seven from like weights. And then we would go to school for a couple hours from like eight o'clock to, I want to say like 12, one. And then right after that, we would go to like a skill session with our head coach. And then right after that skill session, we would go to our team practice. And then right after team practice, which probably would end up about being like six or seven o'clock, we would go have shoot around or we would probably go have like another skill set, skill training. And then by that time we go get dinner and then we would go to sleep.
0: So how did you, how did you balance like basketball and schoolwork?
1: Honestly, you just have to be really disciplined on the hours that you have with school. I mean, you can't waste any time in school because basketball at SCA is such a big thing like it's like they're all like it's just like basketball 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 so the hours that you have in school you have to make sure that you get all your school work done you're always you're prepared for the next day and if you waste any hours it's going to be really hard to catch up.
0: And how do you plan on balancing it at Michigan State because I know that I assume the college basketball is a lot more rigorous and it's a lot more rigorous of a schedule than in high school. So how do you plan on doing that in East Lansing?
1: Um, I'm honestly just planning on doing the same thing that I did here when I first got here. I mean, honestly, when I first got here, it was way different than my average day before I came here, you know, like 10 times the basketball and, you know, 10 times the schoolwork. So, I mean, I like to, you know, plan my things out in my journal and my planner. Um, I like to just, you know, kind of prepare I, that's, I mean, I like to prepare things in my journal, in my notebook, you know, just write everything down that you need to do everything, like what times I need to do it. And so honestly, the first couple of weeks may be hard, but you, you just learn how to, you know, get it done. You know how to fit, you know, how to get an extra time in here and there. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I mean, You know, it'll it'll work.
0: So I know, at least at my high school, we have our schedule that runs from like November to about March. We play the same schools every so often in our conference. Is it similar at SoCal? Because I know when you traveled out here for it, you played schools from all over the area. Do you guys travel a lot for games or is it mostly local?
1: It is 90 percent, not even 90 percent, it's like 99 percent national. So at SCA, we were always on the road. We were always going to the airport or driving to Arizona or Vegas or wherever it may be. We were always traveling. We would only, I think we only had like one local tournament, like the whole time we were there and it was in preseason, but, uh, we, we had a schedule at the beginning of the year, but things always uh, change. You know, like we would substitute this tournament for another tournament because our, uh, we were getting noticed by so many people, you know, beating so many schools. And so they would be like, okay, come to our tournament, come to our tournament, come to our tournament. So we were always, you know, kind of like switching things from here and there. So.
0: Do you have a favorite city or tournament that you've played at?
1: Like this year? Um, I would say. Going to Ohio the first time was probably my favorite, just because of the atmosphere when we played gate cups, um, that, atmosphere of so many kids in the gym supporting their team that's only 15 minutes away like them just yelling at you and just saying all these things i personally love that i love that. it makes the game so much more interesting it makes it so much fun it makes uh, like it gives you a better drive to you know to win and so you can just kind of you know look at the crowd and just be like mm-hmm, you know but uh there have been there have honestly been so many tournaments that were up there for the best um there's one in atlanta there's one in arizona there's one in vegas ohio they've all north carolina um charlotte they've all they've all been just really good
0: does traveling often help you bond with your teammates more
1: oh for sure yeah no traveling with them across country all the time definitely creates a stronger bond between our players um we We'd always be you know with each other in the airport we'd always be with each other on the road um honestly we were with each other 95% of the time like we, when we would go to school when we go to dinner when we go to apartments when we go to uh tournaments practice wherever it was we were always together so like we our bond was just so strong
0: do you have any – I know you guys have a decent amount of commits. Do you have anybody that you have to play next season that you know of yet, like any of your current teammates that are going to different schools that you have to play next season?
1: Um, none, of, none of them are going to the Big Ten, but I know that uh, there's a lot of guys that are on my team going to Ole Miss, um, LSU, um, USC, Oregon. And uh, you know, like they're they're all kind of just spread out through the through the country. But I'm sure in preseason we'll match up with someone like them, and it'll be it'll be interesting. You know, it'll be fun. But uh, we also I can only speak for myself, but it's, it'll be competitive. You know, it'll be like, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Do
0: you think getting to do you think having played with them already? Do you think getting to play them will help you because you already know kind of how they move around the court and how they play?
1: Um, a little bit because everybody changes drastically when they go from like their senior year of high school to first year of college. I mean, that offseason like is insane because not only are you getting better on your body, but you're also getting better your skill set. You're, they're kind of transforming you into the player that the college wants you to be. Cause in high school, you're being the player that you want to be, but in college, you have to be the player that they want you to be. So it might be different. Like they might like, high school year, you might be, you know, like a 30-point scorer, but this college, they'll probably want you as a rebounder or maybe a point guard, like a pass-first point guard. So, like, uh, you never know who's going to be the same kind of – who has the same game and who won't.
0: Looking forward to, like, college, do you have relationship with current players on Michigan State and the coach, and what are those relationships kind of like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I've gotten a chance to uh, meet all the guys and, uh, you know, they've all been so awesome accepting me and, you know, just kind of bringing me in and welcoming me and being part of the family. And um, me and Trey are really excited, you know, to come in as freshmen and uh, just kind of bring what we have to offer to the table. And uh, I know that Michigan State is going to be like, they had such a great year last year, but we're only going to go up from here you know, so I can't wait, you know, all, all the guys have been so awesome. The coaches have been amazing, you know, keeping in touch and just kind of, you know, getting me ready, you know, kind of telling me what I should do this off season, what to be ready for. So everyone, everyone at Michigan State, it's just been phenomenal.
0: Do you guys move in earlier than like, I know my move in date is like August 12th or August 13th. Do you guys move in a bit earlier because you're an athlete?
1: Yeah, we move in like, So for me, I'm moving in right after graduation or maybe like a week before graduation. But, uh, since I'm in California, it's like a lot later than most schools, June 10th is like when we graduate. And so, um, I'm going to try to move in like a week before so that I can, you know, be there at Michigan state, come back to LA for graduation, and then just go right back. But, um, I'm not, 100% like sure on what plan is, but everyone moves in a lot earlier than everybody else because they have this uh, summer training program and everything.
0: How often do you see snow out in California? Because I know in Michigan State you're going to see a heck of a lot. Are you ready for that weather transition?
1: Oh man, I uh, that's the best. I mean, that's one of the best parts about living in LA is just the constant 80, like 80, 70 degree weather out there. It's just beautiful. But um, living in Utah we've had some crazy weather recently, you know, like one minute it'll be sunny and the next day it'll be windy, rainy, snowy, whatever. And, uh, Utah is like bearable when it comes to all those weather, like it's bearable, but I know Michigan state, everyone's just been like, it's not even bearable. Like, it's just awful. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, I'll be in, indoors most of the time, just training. <laughs> I'll just be indoors most of the time. See,
0: I've, people st- who follow you on Instagram and follow you on Twitter know that you for training one of the things you do is you run up and down the beach you run up and down the sand what are are you gonna like how are you gonna switch that up in Michigan State because you don't have beaches in the middle of Michigan
1: uh yeah I kind of thought about that um oh I mean there I mean there must be something out there right you know the sand you know I mean I bet there's like a sand pit somewhere that i can train it might not be a hill but um i can find something you know it it doesn't even have to be a sand hill it's just as long as i'm getting that kind of like that kind of work i'll do i'll it doesn't matter what i do um as long as i'm doing the the work you know it doesn't matter like where it is or what type of training it is i just you know want to get that work in.
0: what does this i've Seen the videos on Instagram and on Twitter. What does the sand help you with when it comes to playing?
1: So it helps me with my, like, explosiveness. So if you go to the sand dunes in Manhattan Beach, you, that sand that sand hill is very, very steep. And so it kind of helps me with my explosiveness. It op- opens up my hips. And it's the thing that I love most about the sand dunes is that it doesn't, like, hurt anything, really. It's just all, you know, like, in the calves in the, in the hips, you know, it's just really, and, it, and you don't really feel sore after. I mean, you kind of do, but not really like it's, I don't know the science behind the sand and normal training, but it definitely makes me feel a lot better. Cause when I do other uh, types of training, you know, I'm always just like super sore or like my legs hurt. It's just like, you know, but, um, the sand helps my body a lot with recovery and stuff, but it helps me with we've been doing it for just kind of explosiveness on defensive slides to make sure I can, you know, guard, you know, one through four, one through five. And, uh, just kind of my explosiveness on my first step. That's something that's also been helping me with.
0: Do you take any days off and what do those recovery rest days kind of look like for you? Um,
1: in this off season, uh, not really. I mean, I mean, I kind of have a break like here and there, but, I always manage to be doing something. Like if it's a day off, I'll still get like my shots up or I'll do some cardio, you know, because if I like, if I, you know, take too many days off where I actually don't do anything, then that's where it becomes kind of a problem. You know, like I'm kind of, I'm going backwards. And so, um, on, on my days off I'll just kind of make sure I do something that doesn't like overwork the body or it's not too much. Uh, Like I do the sand dunes probably three, four times a week. And, uh, and then all the days I don't do it, I probably just do more skill, more stuff on the court, you know, maybe like some open runs or maybe just some skill training or something like that.
0: So, we so talked- I try to just balance
1: it. Out. Sorry.
0: Sorry for, about that. Uh, you talked about your relationship with your current teammates. Do you have any relationship with any current professional players in the NBA?
1: Yeah. I mean, like in the NBA right now, yeah. I mean, or, or previous. I've, I mean, I've gotten a chance to, you know, talk with uh, Zach Randolph uh, a lot, you know, just kind of because I because uh, he was such a legendary name at MSU, you know, one and done. Um, and he played my position, you know, some think that he was a very similar to me player like me. Um, I got a chance, to, you know, kind of get some information from him, just kind of soak up some knowledge that and tips that he had for me. And it's been really awesome. I've done some training with him, skill work with him. Um, he's been a great help for me. And I've also been to the Iverson classic lately, which, you know, I got to, you know, meet some players, J.R. Smith and Steven Jackson and Alan Iverson, obviously, and so many others. And they were honestly such a great help to me. I mean, the knowledge that you can get from those NBA guys, it it doesn't matter what any other trainers say. Like, if they've been through the NBA, they've been in the league, they know the guys who are, you know, still playing and making millions of dollars. So the information that they have for me, you know, will take my game so far. And
0: Do you have a favorite piece of advice that a player has given you?
1: Um have all the confidence in yourself, like, like don't take crap from anybody. Don't let anyone change your own opinion about you. Like make sure you remember who you are and what you did to get here because going to college, um, you know, you're kind of back, back at the bottom, but you also have to have the mindset of like, I'm a good, I'm gonna keep doing what got me to this point And I'm just going to go even farther because there like once you're freshman year, you know, people will kind of want to, you know, mess with you and joke with you like kind of bring you down a little bit just because you're the incoming freshman, but you have to keep the confidence, you know, like I belong here, you know, I'm like don't don't mess with me like you know
0: You mentioned that you played in the Iverson Classic. Can you kind of talk about that experience a little bit?
1: It was a great experience. Um, you know, from the NBA players to the games, to the all-star event on Saturday and like the one-on-one competition and three-point competition. It was just such a phenomenal experience. Um, I want to shout out to the guys at Iverson Classic, you know, for to having me there. They were such great guys, such a great program and like such a great event, honestly. Um, it was so fun just being with all of those Great players and just kind of going out on a good note.
0: You've had to, you've played those people at the, those kids at the Iverson Classic. You've traveled all over the place. Do you have like one or two or maybe three players that have been your toughest opponent that you've faced and have taught you the most about or like helped you with your game the most?
1: Um, At Iverson?
0: In general, just at any, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, there have been a lot of players. I mean, um, I would say Derek, Derek Lively, you know, obviously he's an amazing player, great defender, you know, at my, at my position. Um, he is definitely one of the toughest players I've had to play against, but, um, he, we, you know, we, we had a good back and forth. Um, we, I got to, I had the chance to, uh, Play against him at the Nike Hoop Summit. I was on the practice team, but, and we went against the USA team just for practice. And we, you know, we had a good game. You know, we went back and forth a little bit. You know, great player, um, had a great game, but he is definitely one of the toughest players that I've had to play against. Um, let's see. Um, honestly, I think that's the toughest player honestly
0: you've racked up so many wins you're going to play big 10 basketball at the d1 level have you had any like injury setbacks or besides covid have you had have you had any other setbacks while you've played
1: uh no not really i mean i just kind of had you know little ankle sprains here and there but who doesn't really
0: right
1: um yeah uh no Nothing too big, honestly. I mean, it's just little minor things, you know, that could be healed up in a couple days or just a week off, you know. But nothing that, like, was, like, a huge setback.
0: You're very lucky in that department.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Do you have, like, a professional player or college player or anybody that you try to model your game after, you, or do you kind of try to make it your own?
1: Um. Kind of both a little bit. Um, when I was younger, I was trying to figure out like what, if I'm going to play basketball, like what direction am I going to go in? And like, since I was tall, I obviously knew I was going to be a big guy. Right. And so I just kind of thought, okay, well, I just have to look up successful big men, you know, in the NBA and just do what they do. Right. I mean, if I can do what they do, I can be successful too. Right. And so I looked up, um, probably in my opinion, the best big man um, to ever play, and that was Elijah one in the '90s. He has such a great skill set, and he's top. Ten, he's top ten in five different categories. It's like points, blocks, steals, rebounds. I think I think that's it, right? He I mean, he was just top five in. I mean, he was top 10 in so many things, and uh, the skill set that he had it honestly made me just like fall in love with it like the way that he used his spin moves and his footwork. And so, ever since I started playing, I just looked up YouTube videos and just kind of modeled the footwork you know, which foot goes where, when to do it, um, if I'm in the right place, when to shoot it, etc. And so, once I started getting the once I started getting the hang of it, I just kind of tried doing it in a game and it, it worked. And so I just kept doing it from there on and there on and there on until now, I guess. And so now when everyone else is kind of starting to grow in seven foot, like seven feet, and I might not be the tallest anymore, some of those moves not, might not work. So now I have to kind of expand my game a little bit to pick and pop, you know, kind of become a four man instead of a five man. And pick and pop is what I'm really good at, you know, pump fake, drag into the basket, getting kick out, you know, trying to get, you know, some assists that's part of my game too. And then someone said that I, you know, looked like Jokic. They started calling me baby Jokic.
0: That's a compliment. Um,
1: yeah. And so I was like, okay, you know, like that's, that's pretty sweet. I mean, because he wasn't what I had in mind, but the fact that I play like him, it's, you know, after the MVP, it's I was like that that, that works but then as I started kind of you know as this stuff kind of went along I was like okay you know it's it's great that everyone's calling me baby Jokic and everything but in all honesty going forward like I want to be known as my own player you know not Elijah one, not um you know Jokic I want to be Jackson Kohler like I want to be big Jackson Kohler not baby this not baby that Jackson Kohler and so yeah I just want to be my own name because I don't want to go into the league or college or anything being like that's baby Jokic you know it's just it's my own game
0: do you take any playing advice from your dad because you mentioned he played in high school and college and he give you any like tips on your footwork or anything like that
1: yeah he he's been with me since day one um he's been so helpful on basically every like aspect of the game you know like everything to on the court to everything off the court he's been telling me you know like how to how to make how to turn basketball into a chess game i think the biggest thing that he taught me is basketball is like a chess game you know you have to like outthink your opponent you have to it's just it's like mind games you have to make you know and once i'm starting to you know do my post moves in, po- in the post in the post I, re- I kind of realized how much truth there is to that because you want to make him think you're going to take this shot, but then you pump fake and you go under him or you make him think that you're going to go drive this way, but then you go this way. So it's just kind of making your defender think one way, but in reality, you're going the other up. Like, so that was the biggest thing that he taught me early on was like, once you do these post moves and all these puff fakes and up and unders, you, it's a chess game. You have to make him think one way and go the other way.
0: Um, so you met, you seem to have a very, very, very busy schedule, regardless if it's the off season or you're out of school or you're not, do you have any free time? What do you, and what do you do with that free time?
1: Um, honestly for now, um, I'm kind of in a little, just kind of, I'm taking a little bit of a break right now, just kind of just to relax the mind and relax the body, you know, so I can just come back and, you know, work harder. When I do my, when I have free time, um, I kind of like to, I'm kind of like a organized freak. So I like to make sure everything, all my stuff are clean. I kind of, you know, I get back to, um, I like to try to do things that revolve, like involve my religion. You know, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ. So I'm always trying to, you know, do activities in my church and, uh, you know, just stay close to that. That's something that's kind of guided me through this whole process. And uh, I want to stay as close to that as I can, even though I have such a busy schedule. Um, I like to hang out with friends, but most of the time, I just, I like to, you know, just kind of chill, honestly. (laughs) I mean, I like to watch movies, read, um, hang out with friends, but nothing too exciting like that. Because honestly, I don't have much time
0: (laughs) do you watch any other like professional sports other than basketball
1: um not no not really i mean some of the other sports i just can't watch it's just too boring (laughs) i just can't sit still for that long
0: that's fair how often do you get to go home to utah
1: um pretty often actually um in the regular season not very often but now in the off season i you know i get a good week of training and i go home on weekends um you know get to do stuff out here with some trainers and then on sunday fly out there just do the whole thing over and go to school get workouts in there um it's my change other times you know where i have to go to utah for a week train out here and then go to cali this this weekend or something but um i get to go home pretty frequently actually
0: what do you love most about getting to Live in Southern California part time because I know when I went for a week, I absolutely loved it. And I said, Yes, I want to move out here one day. What do you love most about Southern California?
1: No, what's not to love? I mean, it's the weather, it's the people out there, it's the opportunities. I think what I didn't like realize about LA when I before I got there was how much opportunities there are out there. I mean, you look at so many of the guys in LA and I've met so many people that are involved in basketball around basketball that aren't even part of my program. Like I'll go to my training uh, gym and there'll just be guys walking around just be like, Hey, you play ball. And then I find out, you know, they, they train kids that I know and you know, they, or they trained their own kids who are doing the same thing or in the process of doing it. And then before you know it, I'm training with them a couple of weeks later. So like there's so many opportunities out there and you just have to be willing to make sure your eyes are open for those opportunities.
0: When you have the free time, do you have a favorite spot to hit up? Like I loved Laguna. I loved just the, like, Oh God, I don't remember the name, but just like the Los Angeles city area. Do you have like a favorite restaurant or a favorite spot to go to, to just take a breath?
1: Chipotle. (laughs) All
0: right. What's your go-to Chipotle order? Do you have one?
1: Uh, tacos. I, okay. I've done a lot of back and forth between bowls and, uh, you know, burritos and quesadilla, all that stuff. But I love tacos. Can't They're go,
0: so can't go but, on with uh,
1: the Exactly. But, uh, I honestly, we don't have, so in LA, I don't have a car. We kind of use like a team van and okay. most of the time I'm gone anyways. So like most of the time I either... Uber to all my trainings or I uh, just kind of stay home or either wait at the place for a while before the training starts because I know that I shouldn't go anywhere and all that stuff. So when I'm not training, I'm back in my apartment, you know, just kind of catching up on school or cleaning the apartment or just kind of chilling.
0: What's your, what are you going to major in when you get to Michigan State?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm kind of hoping, I'm kind of like thinking about journalism in some sort of way, or kind of like, I want to stay around basketball, even if, you know, if I get hurt, or if something doesn't work, or something happens, I don't, see in the future. Um, I want to stay around basketball, you know, whether it's be a coach or maybe it's part of journalism or a reporter or something like that. I just kind of want to stay around basketball.
0: Journalism's a great major.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I applied to Michigan state for journalism.
1: Yeah. I did. No, I I, yeah. I, I mean, there's just something about like journalism and writing and something that just kind of makes me relaxed. And it's, really like it makes me relax but also makes me really excited and do do you kind of understand that it's like yes it kind of relaxes all of the stress that I have outside of Mm -hmm. you know if school or basketball is really stressful I like to write you know my journal you know just kind of get all those feelings out but then once I'm like in a story it's like really exciting to just keep writing and writing and writing so that might be something I might do or if I find something else then you know major in that but
0: would you want to? Sure. Would you want to write or be on camera?
1: Um, I could do either. I mean, I like I like both. I mean, I like being on camera. I think um, I would be pretty good at it. But I also like writing too. So, yeah, great. I'm not not sure. I mean, I could do either
0: one. You You're great at interviews, so I think you'd be just just fine doing that. Thank you. I know this is a question for a little bit down the road, but is the NBA something that would maybe be on your radar in the future?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, NBA has been the goal since, I mean, I knew that basketball was what I wanted to do. So um, NBA is definitely the life that I've been working for. And it's the, you know, every workout, you know, it's kind of led to, you know, being the NBA one day, so.
0: Do you have a team that you would be most excited to be drafted at by, or is it like an even split between all of them?
1: I mean, there's not really a specific team because I feel like every year the teams are always different. Like they always trade guys, and, you know, like there's always a team that, you know, rises to the case. And plus, um, like maybe the team that I wanted to be a part of, I might not be a good fit. I just want to go somewhere where I can play and, you know, be seen.
0: All right, Jackson, I have one more question before for you for you before we wrap this up. Do you have any pregame rituals or like a, something that you like music that you listen to before a game or something that you have to eat before every game? Because I know a lot of athletes and sports fans are very superstitious. Do you have any like pregame things that you must do?
1: Um. Yes, I do. Um. I, when it comes to food, I find, I found out that I do better on an empty stomach. So I kind of just try to eat, you know, I like to eat a lot of carbs the night before, um, you know, spaghetti, pasta, whatever it may be, you know, all garden or, you know, some pasta from cheesecake. That's usually what I go to when I'm like on the road or something. But, um, when it comes to like before the game, I always, I always say a prayer before the game, you know, that you know everything will go i won't get hurt you know nobody will get hurt um that the game will go well that we will win um, i always say my prayers and then i always you know listen to Eminem before the, okay. the game I mean, I mean it's it's, it's i mean <laughs> it's a little old but um it's just kind of like rage music you know i think that rage music sometimes gets me in the mood it's it's kind of like a hit or miss for me because like there'll be some days where I listen to it I'm just not feeling it and then it's kind of like slow like slower music to get my mind in peace that makes me feel better sometimes before game it's really like a inconsistent thing (laughs) like some days I'll be ready for Eminem and the other days I'll be just kind of listening to like just slow music so but uh I know the one constant is just kind of say my prayers before I leave and just pray that everything will be all right, and I'll make it back safe.
0: Prayers have certainly helped you because you haven't had any major injuries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jackson, it was so great talking to you. Before uh, we close this out, can you tell listeners where to find you on Instagram, Twitter, or wherever you have any social media?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, Jackson Kohler, J-A-X-O-N-K-O-H-L-E-R.
0: Alrighty, perfect. Jackson, that is all of the questions that I have for you. Thank you so, so much for taking time out of your break uh, to chat with me at a really great time. And I wish you the best of luck at the college level.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This has been such a treat. Thank you.
0: Alrighty, guys, that's all I have for you today. Make sure to subscribe and follow Jackson and myself on all social media platforms. Thanks. Guys, I hope that you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I did conducting it. Jackson was an excellent interview. I cannot thank him enough for sitting down and taking time out of his break at home to chat with me about all things basketball. Um, before you head out, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Abby. I'm helping on both platforms, and our podcast is at h 2 Podcast on both platforms as well. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.